is this foolishness? How many dreams can you shape in a minute, an hour? The kind of clean you like best. Lost three of my teeth, too. All right, so you lost. Next time you win. Steamy, hot, hearty, delicious, invigorating. at home folks at home I'm your father welcome to Icon <laughs> how's everybody doing tonight I am Darth Vader welcome to the Ike Live Halloween special don't worry if the voice confuses you because I am James Earl Jones believe it or not under this mask uh, man I want to welcome you to a great show we've got a great show lined up it is the Halloween special. I hope everybody's having a great time this <laughs> Halloween weekend, having fun, getting dressed. I know we are. Uh, I want to start. I want to introduce the rest of this Star Wars crew here tonight on Ike Live. And uh, sitting to my right, not only the <laughs> of the show, but also the guy who taught me the Jedi ways in the very beginning – the guy that helped me understand how to reach deep within and generate the force from within. The one, the only, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi? Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the right movie. Is that the wrong one? That's the wrong movie. May uh, the force be with you. May the force be with you. Uh, Obi-Wan, uh, a.k.a. Pete Closick. How you doing tonight, Pete? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm I'm hot in this... Uh, you look hot. ...in Obi-Wan's uh, costume. Now, have you ever done the steam showers at like a, a resort or a spa where you go in and lock yourself <laughs> in one of those things? Have you ever done one of those? <laughs> no. Like you a, haven't? Like a Turkish shower? Yeah, and no, I'm talking about an actual steam... You know, it's a steam... Uh, like a sauna. Cedar, yeah. Cedar rooms you go yeah. in. Yeah, already. You put water down on the steam? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, it feels like that in one of those. It, so just pretend you're in a uh, Turkish steam room. Ah, it's relaxing. Okay. All right. Uh, and let me remind you, Obi, we have the entire cast here tonight with us. You know, it's not just me and you. <laughs> We've got the good guys, the bad guys, and everything in between. We have an amazing cast. We do. The costumes are amazing. We do. And it is Halloween. So uh, we, we want to remind everybody that we also cross-dress a lot. We dress a lot on <laughs> our own like this. But it is Halloween. Let me finish the uh, introducing the room on our casting couch tonight. And, and you're going to see that they're not sitting very close to each other. <laughs> but let me start on my left. Um, the one, the only, back out of hiding. The Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Vader. Good, good I am prepared to kill good the rebel Schweinhorn upon your orders, Oberleutnant Vader. Are you German or Swedish or what are you? I am a Stormtrooper. 
Now, have you? Now, one thing I noticed, like when I saw you on TV, when when I was a kid, all these years, watching the reruns, watching new episodes, your head looks a lot bigger here than it does on TV. Double that, extra large helmet, Lord Vader. Okay. Now, have you been working out, or what's the? I see you look toned and buff. I yes. Mean, <laughs> Crushing many rebel skulls, collecting them. Lining them up and boiling them. All right. Now, the one thing I couldn't help but notice, and as I introduced our next guest, is you guys, it, Casting Couch puts guys together, but I see you're keeping your distance because he's on the opposite side here. Not a, I'm assuming you don't like this guy over here. If I move, I will zip my uniform. You just you can't move. Alright, uh, and sitting to the Stormtrooper, and by the way, Stormtroopers, a.k.a. Obi, is Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fathead. Good to have you tonight. Thank you. you. Uh, and, and sitting next to the Stormtrooper, and, and he's really the guy that has, has spawned this whole series. He is the hero of the show. He's the guy that saves people, that uh, has his hand chopped off. Everybody knows the stories. The one, the only, Luke Skywalker. Luke? Luke. <laughs> How you doing tonight, Luke? I feel like my grandma just walked out of Super A Hotel. <laughs> but I'm doing all right, you know, in this bathrobe. I'm just happy to be here for like a while. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like it because, you know, with every great costume, someone puts their signature on it. And you surely did. I... I, can, Brian, can we get? I don't know if we get a close up. Do we even I, have the ability? That's to, as close as I can get. He's shaking his hand. We don't have the ability to do anything in this in this show. Uh, but uh, Luke, you've got um, an amazing chest. I, I see that you shaved your chest hair for us tonight. That's lovely. I like that. And I see a lot of gold. Now, is that fourteen? Is that eighteen? Is that plated? It's actually a little bit of both. You wow. know, and, and this one here is actually funny. It's an Italian horn. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I promise you, I got this halfway through the elite season this year. Yeah. And my season turned around. Right. So, big firm believer of the Italian horn. Okay, now now real quick before we keep introducing the room here, we've got I know, I can just tell by looking at you with the chest hair, the gold. We're going to have a lot of women from a lot of galaxies <laughs> calling it tonight. But you're taken, right? Taken. Taken. Okay. So for all you uh, intergalactic chicks watching Ike Live tonight, uh, Luke is off limits, so don't even think about calling. Uh, and we will talk to your alter ego tonight at some point, who is Adrian Avena. Adrian, good to have you tonight. Thank you. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to put you on the spot on some stuff tonight. Let me keep introducing the stellar cast of... Um, of star raiders and fighters, and uh, what 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 other terms would you use here? Intergalactic uh, superstars. What we have else? we have an amazing cast back. An amazing there. cast. Unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. <laughs> uh, and back in the booth, let me start to my left, and this is uh, the, the guy that pushes the buttons and makes this ship fly. Woo! Uh, every week we have issues. The ship won't start. Uh, he's banging on stuff. He's yelling at Chewbacca. But tonight, the ship is running fine. The one, the only. Han Solo, everybody. Han, Han. How do, how do you pronounce it? Han. Is it Han? It's Han. 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 How you doing tonight, Han? Good, man. You look cleanly shaven. Thank too. you. Yeah, I just did that. Right. Was that I got here and realized I had facial hair, and it was a... Should not have happened. Lord Vader, he looks very much like lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the wig on, Dave. We'll have to play some Goo Goo Dolls in one of our breaks tonight. Uh, now... 
Han Solo, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you are an actor. You, you know, your real name is not Han Solo. And, and your actual career before you start acting was a carpenter. This is correct, that? yes. This is correct, yep. Did you know that? Did you know that was I'm actually your career? What's his name that plays Han Solo? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. <laughs> carpenter. Is, is that true? Before he got into acting. Did you know that? I did. <clears throat> then he did know it! <laughs> now, you just made that up. Now, Dude, move it along. It comes full circle in this show. Yeah. So, um, uh, Han Solo, thank you for uh, helping us tonight. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, A.K.A. on Han is Brian the Carpenter, A.K.A. Ding Dong. Thank you. Helping us with the show. Uh, I'm going to keep going. I'm having a hard time seeing, but uh, there we go. We have our <laughs> next guy who... You might not recognize him, but he was actually in every episode of Star Wars. Uh, the original Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, all of them. Even the, what's the Sid, Sith, Sith, what is it? Stormtrooper. Sid, Sith. The Re- Seth. The Sith, Return of the, whatever it is. Um, we have Tom! Just Tom! Tom from Star Wars. Everybody knows Tom. Tom, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm good. I didn't get the Star Wars memo. Okay. I, <laughs> you can I, blame Han I for that one. I saw you in every... I know, I know what you're talking about. You know the trash you're scene where they're, <laughs> where they're all in the trash? They're trying to get out of the trash compactor? Tom was the yeah, yeah, yeah. serpent. You were there. You were there on that one. And do you remember when uh, Jabba the Hutt w- was, had uh, Princess Leia on the leash? You were actually in Jabba's ass. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I got nothing. I, don't I got nothing for that one. Becky, yeah. talk to him. Right, Vader. Let's, let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dad! Dad, pull it together. Yeah. Right. Uh, continue to introduce the room, and uh, last but definitely not least, and and she is definitely the uh, the, the sex symbol of the entire Star Wars episode from one to ten. Um, the one, the only Princess Leia. Hi, Princess Leia. How are you doing tonight? Hi there. I'm ten, good. One to ten. Good to see you. How are your buns? My buns are making it so I can't wear headphones. I'm really confused with what to do. Okay. You can't figure out a way to, to impale the headphones on the buns. No. Okay. I can't Prin- hear through the buns. Now, 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 Princess Leia, was it hard all those years being the only female, the real female? I'm talking about in your original shows. Was it hard being the only female in... Having that lust and want from all the characters? <laughs> Lord Vader, forgive me. I, I got nothing. What the Michael hell, man? Joseph. <laughs> Lord Vader, why owns we get Princess Vader Leia was, in formal wear and not he sex was, slave Princess no, Leia? A bad question. All right, Princess Leia, who are you wearing tonight? Uh, Disney's Leia. Disney's Leia. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, nice. it's a fine costume. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and by the way, I forgot to mention uh, Tom's uh, from Star Wars. Tom from Star Wars, aka tonight, is Dave the intern. And uh, and Leia's aka for Halloween, uh, the Halloween special is Rebecca. Yay! Yay! Good, Good to have you all guys in there. Um, Excellent intros. Yeah, no, no, get, thank get, you. Get along, Mike. Right, let, let's keep <laughs> that going was with painfully the show. long. <laughs> and let, let me tell you that this uh, show happens because of some amazing companies that support this show, and uh, we hope all our listeners and viewers of the show also support these great companies. I'm going to run down a list of some of these, and I'm going to uh, swap it with Pete and the Stormtrooper here. And of course, we are presented by the absolute best. Tackle subscription service on the planet, 
mystery tackle box. Uh, it's like Christmas to your doorstep once a month. Um, we're going to be really diving into a mystery tackle box. Ties in great with Halloween. It's way better than candy. Uh, and mystery tackle box has some amazing stuff. Gives you an opportunity to try stuff you would never try. Check them out, Mystery Tackle Box. Pete, who else is a supporter of this amazing show? The Bash University. Bash University. <laughs> the Bash University. Hey, we've we've launched our new site. You got to check it out, bashu.tv, and uh, we've got some new events scheduled for this year. Look for us to be in Indiana on uh, January 14th and 15th. Look for us to be in Massachusetts uh, the weekend of January 28th and in Columbus, Ohio uh, in February. I believe it's 11th and 12th. That site is going to be up with all those dates coming soon. Check it out, bashu.tv. Yep. You know, we're also presented by Flambo Tackle Storage Systems. Uh, you know, they make the best boxes, hands down. They've got the Z-Rust product in the boxes. Keep your hooks free of rust. And talking about Flambo, we're going to be showing you a brand-new box that I've been working on with them. It's an Ike-approved box from Flambo. Really amazing. We're going to be looking at that later in the show. We're also brought to you by Liquid Mayhem. Now, listen to this. Liquid Mayhem is... The best scent in the universe. And I've been a lot of places. Darth Vader's been a lot of places. Let me tell you something. It's the best. Bass, walleye, perch, catfish. Um, the dude at the uh, cantina with the three heads. <laughs> Catch a lot of those because of Liquid Mayhem. We got a lot of great scents. Uh, shad, garlic minnow, crawl, garlic crawl, leech. And uh, Pete's favorite, Pete's not. Uh, tonight, listen to me. If you want to try this out, it's a difference maker. You're going to catch extra fish because of this product. If you want to try it out, go to liquidmayhem.com tonight. And if you enter the promo code IKELIVE25, you're going to get 25% off everything on the on the website. I don't Including think that's just tonight, Mike. Just tonight. No, okay? not nope. just tonight. No. Just tonight. Just tonight during the show. <laughs> go to the website, IKELIVE25, 25, 25% off everything on the site. Scent, apparel, anything you want. What else is on there, Bri? Or tomorrow, or the next day. Oh. <laughs> or, okay. or all week. Oh, all week. Oh, is it all week? It's even forever. 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 Okay. You can go to the site forever and put in that code. Uh, we're also brought to you by T&H Marine. T&H Marine. <laughs> I think this mask is, is, is... No, you have to keep it on the whole show. affecting my brain. You're doing great. Uh, TH Marine, and I'm going to put Adrian on the spot. Adrian, use TH products. Tell us about one of the great TH products that you use. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing, I mean, they make a lot of great products, but by far, I mean, I think it's a jack plate. I mean, you look at 90% of the guys that fish Elite Series, I think they all run an Atlas. And, I mean, especially being around here, I'm running shallow water tidal stuff. I mean, you can't run a bass boat without one. So, I mean, that by far... Is uh, probably one of my favorite products by TH. Yeah. Now, Stormtrooper, what about that? Does that TNH jack plate on your your fighter? You know, yes. the, the the jet wing fighter, the little Tie square wing. looking thing. Yes. How does that TH jack plate assist you on shooting shooting people? Certainly, my lord. So what we do is we take <laughs> rebel heads and right. we put them under the jack plate. <laughs> we lower the jack plate and we smash them like grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. Wow. <laughs> Another use for TH Jackplate. It's unbelievable. Who knew? Uh, who else? Who else is this great show presented to you by Obi? Well, I, I saw a bunch of Hobie kayaks yes. today on the Upper Chesapeake. 
You did? Uh, I did. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I did. Uh, kayak fishing is exploding. Hobie's at the forefront. Uh, they're out striper fishing. I've seen them way off the coast, uh, you know, way out in the middle of the bay, uh, to being able to get into places that we can't even get near with our bass boats. So uh, check out Hobie Kayaks. It's awesome. And uh, finally, Ike Live is brought to you by Tackle Warehouse. Uh, it is absolutely the premier spot to buy tackle. If you're a tournament guy, you know if you need something, you need it quick, you need it right, Tackle Warehouse will get it to you. Go to TackleWarehouse.com, and we're going to be giving away a Tackle Warehouse gift pack later in the show to awesome. some of the callers. So it's awesome. Uh, I, I want to jump right in, and I, I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about my trip to Japan. But before I do that, I want to I want to start talking with Adrian. But before we start the show, as we always do, we want to uh, thank our military want to thank our active military, our veterans, men and women. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, we want to thank our policemen, our firemen, our EMT. Thank you guys. It's a crazy world. We appreciate it. Uh, let, let's jump into it. Luke, uh, should I call you Luke? Should I call you Adrian? Go for Luke. It's Halloween. I'll go for Luke. All right. Luke, first of all, what did you think when we told you to dress up tonight? Did you think it was, it was silly? Or no, was no, honestly, when I seen it. And you guys showed me that photo, and Brian, he was like, the first text I got was like, you should be sitting down. And then the second text was the picture of me dressed up as Luke Skywalker, and I about died. And um, But honestly, it wasn't until I walked in here, walked into this room, and you guys are all in casual attire, and I walk in this fucking uniform. <laughs> Did you think you were dude, set up? I, yeah, well, he, Brian, dude, Brian told me, he said, you know, I was just messing with you. Right? And at that time, dude, I was about to go rip his head off because I honestly thought I was pranked. So, you wow. know, rookie on Elite Series. Did you, you know, think maybe. maybe to do a few push-ups before you show your chest like that? No. <laughs> Actually, I have been doing them every night leading up to this. I am craving chicken. <laughs> Chicken. Uh, well, I, I got to tell you, clearly you were born for this role. I really believe that. I think you were born for this role as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure Adrian was alive when Star Wars first wow. came out. It, can we do the math? Brian DeCarpenter, can we do the math on the original Star Wars yep. when that episode came out? 74. Oh, man. It was probably in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was 74. I think it was later. What year were you born? 90. 1990. Yeah. Wow. 15 years plus, probably. Wow. We all graduated high school in 90. Wow. This is is amazing. And and that reminds me. Let me remind everybody watching tonight and listening, we want to hear from you. Right, Obi? We want to hear from the viewers. Uh, You are a key part of the show. Lots of ways to get in touch with us here. Um, And obviously the best way is uh, the instant messaging right there next to your screen. Hit us up on the IM. You could also reach us via social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Ike Live Show. Um, but please, fill us in, because we need to know the date. Brian, what do you got for the date? Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Nothing. 76. 76. 76. Wow. 15. Man. Okay, so I, look I at would, the different... The Obi-Wan different. was 11. That's crazy. That's crazy. When was the original Woodstock concert? How the hell were you there? <laughs> I would, I was not. At oh, you weren't there. At the original <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get. Let's keep going. So, um, I, I, Adrian, I want you to talk about your year. This and this is the thing that I want to hear from you because different people have different opinions on your season. Uh, I've heard. I've heard comments on it. From my perspective, you had a great freaking 
freshman year. You had a great year one. That much, you know, that much. And I've been there. I've been on that same side. My sophomore year, I missed it by a fish at Douglas Lake, the last event of the Mm. year that year. I missed it by a fish. That was the first classic I missed. And, uh, but successful or unsuccessful year, in your opinion? Unacceptable. I mean, I, you know, any anybody that's fishing elite series, you should have the goal of qualifying for the classic. And and uh, me, I mean, same thing. Kind of going back to you. I mean, we had our last regular season of the event was um, on the Mississippi River, and I weighed in four fish on Saturday. Right. And one two and a half pounder would have gave me like twelve points, and I missed it by nine. Right. So I mean, it all came down to one. I mean, I can remember the cast. I can remember exactly what happened, how I lost that fish, you know. And it's just, it's crazy how you fish and you bust your butt all year long, and it's just that one, you know, one break. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was other events that I did. I fished poor. I missed the boat or something like that. But I mean, I'll never forget that one that I lost on the Mississippi River. Yeah, it's hard. And we've talked about this before on the show. Um, People don't realize how important every fish is throughout mm. the year you know so you, you look at it and you you look at eight events or nine events and it's so spread out you lose focus of those individual fish but pete how important is every freaking fish i mean every one even in a bad tournament every freaking ounce counts yeah it, it matters in everything in our sport that's determined by ounces yeah. uh you know those little mishaps they they cost you a lot but what they do mainly, and they do it to me, and I'm sure they do it to you guys too, and you guys can say comment, but they they torture you, just like you said. They they you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about if I could have just kept more pressure on that fish, yeah. if, if I could have just figured out a way to execute, if if he didn't catch me off guard, if I could have you know if if I could have just done that, yeah. and it it'll. The worst is when I'm like going out and doing some guiding or teaching after I've had a mishap. It's like all you can do once you get back out on the water. It's like you get these flashbacks and flashbacks. So, and but I but I think that's also a sign of a champion angler. That you know, a lot, I've seen a lot of people that say, oh, you know, just forget about it. I, I don't know anybody super successful that just can just right. can blow that out of their mind. I mean, for me, it's a it's a constant torture. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, mistakes. Mistakes are good. Bad seasons are good. Bad events are good. You know, they're they're learning experiences. You know, they're they're stepping stones to get to the next level. But again, I I want to I want to tell you that I know you don't think you had a great year, but I think you had a good year. Yeah. Like, look at how many. And Dave, comment on this because you you're a fan of the sport. You watch it. How many freshman anglers into a circuit just totally freaking lose it? You know, and they're in the hundreds. They're at the very bottom of the pack. They're freshmen. Get year. spun out. Dead, uh, dead spun out. And you didn't do that. In fact, you were in mm-hmm. position several times this year to to have a shot to win. I think I felt like you were. Yeah. I think you had a, a few of those chances. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, you, you know, I get the chills thinking about it. And and there was a couple times that I really felt confident going in, but when it all came down to it, there was three tournaments where I just missed the boat. And yeah. you can't have that, especially in a in a season that's only eight or nine events. Right. And um, that's what really hurt me. You know, I had some really good events that kind of outweigh them, but at the end of the day, you can't have those those subpar finishes just because they're so hard to catch back right. up. But um, I mean, I 
you know, coming into it, my goal was qualifying for the Classic, Rookie of the Year and all that. Drew Benton, he had one incredible year. Good, good season. Unbelievable, unbelievable fisherman. And, and um, I mean, I, I wish I can have some of those days back, you know, but I'm really looking forward to next year. I feel like I, I started to build some momentum. I learned a lot this year. Every yeah. event, you know, you learn you learn a lot. And, and um, I'm just happy that I'm ha- able to have sponsors behind yeah. me. What, what did you learn about those three events that you hated? You know, I mean, <laughs> that I hated. I mean... The biggest one for me probably, I mean, actually two of them. So we started out in Toho. Florida fishing is like my nemesis. I know Mike and oh me for the longest time. I know, Dude, we, wait a we're, minute. We're, we're, give me the state of Florida real quick while <laughs> I have the lightsaber. Cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, Lake Okeechobee. <laughs> Make it northern Cuba. <laughs> I mean, You are now Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Sell cigars. And, and that's I feel the same way. I mean, you can just cut that state off and we can forget about it. But it's one of them deals where we're going to have Florida in our in our venues, or yeah. in our tournaments schedules. I mean, pretty much almost every year. And, and I just hate fishing around a crowd. And, right. and that's one of them things where I kind of wrote it off. And I mean, a lot of guys end up catching them in one area. And I just, you know, I kind of missed the boat on that. But then my biggest thing, and you actually had a really good event. And we kind of talked to each other in line because we were, we were like in the same flight all year long. Yeah, we were. Know? And, and it was kind of pretty cool. Uh, but that was Toledo Bend. I mean, Toledo Bend, I lived and died offshore. I, yeah. mean, I told myself, you know, I mean, it was May. The fish are offshore. Even though the water was high, you know, I was going to stay offshore and I was going to try and catch them. And I just could not make it work. And, I mean, I know Kevin wanted offshore. And I know a couple other guys did good offshore fishing. But I'd say 40 out of those 50 checks were shallow. Yeah. And I never took a cast in 5-foot of water, actually 15-foot mm. of water or less. Right. Yeah. And, um that's just one of them deals where you, I just missed the ball. Right. Yeah. I, I I just want to bring something up because I want to talk a little bit about I, – I had a weird season because on, on paper it looks like I had a good season, but I had a few of those where I just wish I could I had them back, like uh, Potomac River, uh, uh, the South Carolina event. You know, I had a few where I made some huge mistakes. I, I remember sitting in the parking lot that storm, and yeah. we were like banging our heads together trying to figure to out if we were going to make stay. that long run. Yeah, and uh, it was funny. I mean, my parents, I was there there at the vet, and, and they're playing. I forget the, who the, who sings the song, but it's "Do I Stay or Do I Go." And we were jamming to it, yeah, trying to figure out whether <laughs> I should go that first day. And I didn't make the run. Right. And um, I ended up having – I finished 20th in that event, but the next two days I ran the to The next day you went. Yeah. And the next day I should have went and stayed again, and mm. I, I kicking myself still for it yep. right now. In fact, I – Beck, what is it? About once a week I punched a wall? <laughs> a lot of holes in the I drywall. Don't, I don't like to talk about that event. Okay. It, it hasn't died yet, so yeah. But here's an observation die. I want to make, and I'm going to get your take on it because you're one of the guys that works really hard. I'm always impressed by that. And there's, you know, you look at 110 elites, and there's, and, and I'm I'm not putting anybody down, but there's 20 or 30 of them that, w- w- I, and I see it that work really really hard, you know, um, and that's in in official practice, that's in pre-practice scouting, and um, and I know you do a lot of that. But here's the observation: I want to run it past you. When I look back on my season, my worst finishes this year are ones that I pre-practiced. And I went into mm-hmm. with preconceived notions, with some general waypoints. And I'm not talking about dudes that laid waypoints down. I'm talking about me out there idling, finding little weed edges, finding some good stuff, putting waypoints down. And when I look back on my season, I felt like in those events that I pre-practiced, 
I was steering myself away from the prevalent patterns, right? So, you know, you get two and a half days of practice, and instead of fishing the moment, fishing what the fish are doing, I was going out and running, okay, I marked a little cool little thing out here, and oh, this flat looked really, and I'm running waypoints instead of fishing the moment, right? That, to me, that was a huge lesson for me this year. I'm going to pre-practice a lot less next year. Does pre-practice in advance of the official practice, did that hurt you or help you last year? You know, honestly, I mean, I, I'd say I got to pre-practice five or six of the places. And out of those five or six of the places, I had one of my best tournaments finding a lot of the stuff. It was actually right before the Classic. I went out to Bull Shoals in North mm. Fork, and I, and I ran around. And I have a lot of history on this Ozark-type lakes, you know, Fish and Beaver Lake every year on the FLW side. So I kind of knew what to look for, and that's what I went and did. I just went and marked those transition bag- banks and, and those little isolated veins and little transitions, all that type of stuff. And I had a really good event that year or in that one. But other than that, my other ones, they were my bottom three, my bottom three or four. So, I mean, I can definitely vouch for what you're saying about pre-practice. I think the biggest issue, though, is when you never go to a place – and there's those crazy long runs like the Cooper River that we could run right. in that elite event. Or or um, even if somebody's never been to, like we have an a, event next year on Champlain, if somebody's never been to Ty, I know Pete said he's never made a cast <laughs> down in Ty. But like I feel like those long places, those places that you really need to put time aside just to go explore, I feel like those places are a little bit more necessary to go ahead and pre-practice. But if it's right. a lake impoundment where you can just run around, try and figure it out in two and a half days, I feel like you're better off just rolling and yeah. working hard to there's a couple of days of official practice. Yeah. I, I think what happens in the in, in just from the outside looking at the Bassmasters in two and a half days of practice is that's not a lot of time. Jeez, yeah. So when you when you start right. going through an agenda, I got to hit this spot, that spot, this spot. You know that I found a practice. Man, I, I could see a whole day evaporating in two seconds, and and you you know you were tracking stuff down yeah. as opposed to thinking about what's going on. Yeah. But but just a comment on your performance this year. I think it was an amazing performance. You know, you beat what sixty percent of the top yes. fishermen in the world. Yes, doing preparing to the best of their ability, uh, and you beat them. Right, yeah. that's pretty powerful in a, in a rookie yeah. season. And you followed it up with a top five uh, Northern Open uh, finish uh, in the point standings. There, I think I think you're fishing really strong, and I hope. Um, and my wish for you is that it, it gives you confidence that you belong, yeah. right? This yeah. this wasn't, yeah. you know, you're, you're just not out there, uh, you know, on a wing that. and a prayer. But yeah. this is a place you belong and, you know, working on some of your weaknesses, strengthening even further your strengths. And I think uh, I think you'll find yourself right where you want to be. But I think it was a great year and congratulations on a great yeah. season. I think it was great. Let me remind everybody watching, uh, we want to hear from you. Please hit us up on our instant messaging. Hit us up via social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Ike Live Show. I'm looking at some of these questions right now, and I, I have one that keeps coming through. I'm going to give this to you, Beck, when you look at that bottom message. I'll tell uh, you. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. And why she's looking at that bottom message. Um, one that came through on several of our feeds was guys wanting to know, you were an FLW guy. You were, uh, you know, t- to the bone, to the yeah. core, you were an FLW guy. You made the transformation. Now you're a bass guy. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. And, and, and you know, w- was it an easy transition? Was it a hard transition? 
was was FLW a better circuit or is Bass a better circuit? Talk about some of those differences. Yeah, I mean, for starters, I mean FLW and Bass are both great tournament organizations. They both offer similar platforms, you know, from high school all the way up to the top notch level. It's just when it comes down to it, the more pro level events that you can fish, the more opportunities you have at cashing ten thousand dollar checks, the better off you are. I mean, when you're doing this for a living, you can't do it on six or seven events. Right. Bass offers eight or nine events. Um, the AOI championship was pretty cool for me. Yeah. And there's just a lot of incentives, you know. And I mean, I feel like the sponsorship side just supports Bass a lot more because of that. You know, you get a little bit more brand recognition. Um, so for me, yeah, I grew up fishing FLW, fishing through the college ranks. But I mean, I've been, I've been really happy with my transition going over to elite side, and and um, I mean, I I do it, I do it again, you know, if, right. if that opportunity came. But I feel like the biggest adjustment for me wasn't necessarily the fishing, because I mean, my three bombs I had this year on the elite series would have been three bombs on the FLW side, and uh, I mean, this was one of my worst years I've had in the last five years fishing. But I just think not having that network, you know, I mean, when I started over there on the FLW side, I got close to a couple people. Yeah. When you're out there practicing in those two and a half days, we can't see these places in two and a half days. We can't see the whole body yeah. of water. So just being able to ha- have little tips, you know, bounce information back off with, you know, somebody else that's also competing, being able to share information. I feel like that was my biggest adjustment, not having that coming into my elite year. But um, that's just going to take time. You know, I mean, right. a lot of guys have their little clicks. And I feel yeah. like, you know, this year I started working with, you know, some people as the season went on. And, um, I mean, I'm just really looking forward to, to next year. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited to fish bass. And Was FLW easier? Was it easier to beat beat up on those guys in FLW you know, than bass? And, and, I mean, it, honestly, it would have looked like it, you know, based on my performance this year. Because the last three years fishing the FLW side, I think I finished top 10 in points. And uh, this year I finished in the 40s. But, I, like I said, I really feel like my bombs would have been bombs on either circuit. But the two tournaments I finished outside the check, I finished, I think, 54th on Smith, and I had another at a 56 on Cayuga, I really feel like those 50-plus finishes would have been top 25s on the FLW side. Wow. Like, I feel like I called them good enough yeah. to be able to have that check, and I feel like you know that comes down to the results. I mean, you look at the results after every single day, the weights on the bass side, it's scary. A lot of times they go up, which is unheard a of. A lot. They go and, up a lot. And and that's not that's not true over on FLW side. Those weights right. will drop off a little bit. Mm, so right. there's definitely a difference well, in anglers and the class of anglers. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I feel like the top 10 guys on the FLW side can easily compete with the top 10 guys on the bass side. Right. But I think there's a little bit more depth on the bass side. Now, mm. this is a – we're getting in-depth, and this is a really in-depth, serious question. Who would win in a fight? Bill Taylor or Trip Weldon? <laughs> Can you see that? The two tournament directors from each circuit. Bill you just Taylor put them in reach. a ring. Bill Taylor has the reach. Bill Taylor has the reach. Always, but, always go with the reach. But, dude, isn't there something about Trip that's, like, a little scary? Uh, man, I wouldn't want to fight him. He's, he, I mean, there's something about Trip. I'm honestly, like, something about him. I wouldn't like, want to. Like, he's, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't have the reach. He's, you know, smaller build or whatever, but. Probably his brass knuckles in his pocket or that's something. That's what I'm you know? saying. Yeah. Dude, he might pull out like, nunchucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Slap, I can, slapjack, <laughs> uh, dude. Imagine if he had he had those wooden nunchucks from uh, what was the sh- place in the mall, Dave? East, East, the shop called East. So he's got them wooden nunchucks, yeah. 
And dude, he went to a shop and he had them brand it with TW. A T on one <laughs> and a W on the other. Trip Weldon on his nunchucks. Cool with that. Be good. That'd be dope. So who do you think would win in a fight? I I mean, if it was a stand up fight, I'd have to go I'd have to go with Bill Taylor. But I feel like if Trip got inside, you know, short arms, <laughs> yeah. quick little jabs, yeah. I don't know. I think Trip might have <laughs> might, might have that. No, I'm gonna go with Trip just so my bass way a little bit. There you now. go. <laughs> there we go. Trip, we know you're watching. There you go. Don't hold that against him. He's voting for you. Uh, Pete, what, I, I know you had a couple questions for AJ. What, well, well, one of the questions I had for both of you guys, and and this frustrated me watching it. We talked about it a little bit before, but how do you feel about it? Can we get rid of the points for this AOI last tournament that doesn't seem yeah. to, you know, that That's, all it does yeah. is for the angler of the year just yeah. makes them suffer uh, seemingly unnecessarily, and it doesn't really give the guys that make it yep. a, re- a legitimate shot to get into the Classic. There's yeah. there's not enough guys in that tournament yeah. for you to get the points you need. And, and I honestly think, and I know there's a bunch of different ways, you know, you can maybe settle this or maybe benefit a little bit better. And they said, you know, possibly doubling the points, which might give you a little bit extra edge. But, I mean, like I was in 57th or 58th coming into the AOI Championship, and I had a top – I think I finished 12th or 15th, something like that, and I only moved up two spots. I mean, you look at Seth. Seth mm, wins, ones. moves up like two spots. So yeah. I mean, it is tough, um, tough being on the outside and working your way in. But I mean, you look at other guys. You know, Fred Rabanis. I mean, he was well inside, had a bad event, and fell out. So it's it's definitely stressful, you know, for some guys. But I mean, other guys like myself. I mean, virtually, I didn't have a chance. Right. So, I like it's cool. I like it showcasing the anger of the year, showcasing the rookie of the year. Um, but the points, I I I don't know. I got to look at it, but I don't like the way the points are done. I'd like them maybe to remove the points and just everybody's competing for how they finished for money or something like that. Right, more of a showcase event. More of a showcase. Celebrate that this guy won angler of the year. I I don't know. That's just an idea, but the point something's got to change because I, I think a guy that battles all season long wins. Angler of the Year. Oh yeah! By the way, you got one more thing to do yep. uh, before you can hold the trophy up. But uh, but I was sad for you and Seth who fished so extremely well in that tournament. I'm like, oh, you know, I just assumed. Yeah. I didn't even look at the points. Yeah. I'm like, oh, them yeah. guys made it. That's what we just. What shot, a nice we, job. We just shot a show not yep. that long ago for Bass University and. First thing I got on the boat, he was like, "Congratulations for making the classic." I'm like, "No, man, it's I like, just missed it." Like, don't. Yeah, so. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's you know, yeah. I jumped to that conclusion, man. I saw you crushing him. I'm like, he's got to be in. Yeah. You know, that but was a uh, scary place, man. Scary place. That's, yeah. What? G- awesome. Give me a, AJ. Give me your most. I think I know what it's going to be. But what's your most memorable tournament or most memorable experience from the elites last year? You know. It would probably be – it wouldn't be my top 12. I mean, it would probably be Winya Bay mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, I thought I was on something a little special, but I was scared to make that run that first day. And um, just learning to kind of just trust your gut and go for it. Yeah. And that second and third day I ran there and I caught them really well. I mean, I, the one day I caught like 50 bass when everybody's struggling to catch seven or eight, you know, and wow. it was just probably one of my funnest days. And, and making that long run, yeah. you know, just coming back confident. And I feel like that one there – that was my first good event of the year, and that kind of set the tone a little bit. Um, and I have to say, Winnie Bay was. Yeah. I'm, I remember uh, the Noose and Trent Rivers. You remember? I do. Fishing there? No, I didn't fish. That was the year before that I That was the year it. before. And I, was, that was, I guess that was my rookie year. Yeah. And um, 
I remember uh, we were we were sweating long runs at the Noose and Trent. Set up just like every other place on that's title, you know, where you got to mm-hmm. run out into the salt, you know, and make yeah. your call, right? Seeing dolphins on the run. Yeah, <laughs> seeing dolphins on. But the Noose and I had this creek that I had found. I thought the winning school of fish, and I was sweating it because I had to go 25 miles through the bay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sweating it, you know. Now you guys are running. Oh my 90 gosh, ninety miles, ninety one miles one way, and I and I'm sweating a twenty five mile boat oh ride gosh. back in the day. So yeah. it's it, it's completely changed. changed. My yeah. goodness, how'd you do in that tournament? Uh, I think was I, it the winning school? Um, I got a check. I you know what happened? I I never made it. You never made no, it. No, I never made it. We what had four. <laughs> we had four, four or five footers, and uh, and my alarm started flying off on my outboard, so I, uh, I I actually never made it there. Wow. So, um, but no, so that those fish remained unfished. But I, I still got a check in that tournament. Wow. But uh, but yeah, that was that was crazy. How and like a couple years later, we're going down to the New Orleans and we're running an hour and a half each way. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the heck was I worried about? But that's experience, you yeah. know. That's and valuable another, experience. Another thing, another thing is, too, kind of going back on that a little bit. I know how much practice you put in last year, two years ago for the Upper Bay event. Yeah. I have not practiced more in my life for that Potomac River event. Yeah. And I flat out fell on my face. I've yeah. never blanked a day in my life. <laughs> I freaking blanked the second day of that event. It's crazy. I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like for me, you know, I think my failure there was just running, you know, again running waypoints instead of fishing the yeah. current conditions. You know, so, you know, well, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it helps, and sometimes it really hurts. And that's you know? the key. that's the key. That's the magic. If you can find a way to allow pre-practice right. to help you, without going down, you know, fishing that history. Of the pre-practice, you know, yeah. if somehow you can use that to benefit you, yeah. you know, in your strategy, it's hard. It's got to be the hardest thing to do in the world, you know, yeah. especially if you stop and fish and start catching fish at pre-practice. Yeah. Uh, what, do we, what do we got? Uh, uh, Tom, a.k.a. Dave the Intern, and Miss Rebecca, a.k.a. Princess Leia. What do we got coming through back there on uh, instant messages? Anything good? Um, who would win in a fight? Gerald Swindle or Jabba the Hutt? Ooh. Job of the hut right now. Swindle's laid up. Swindle's crippled. <laughs> Job um, would win. Job has got the tail. He was sw- that big, that big tail. It'd be hard yeah. to hurt Jabba. I mean, where do you hit him to hurt him? Well, I, I don't know. It's a big blow. Bl- bl- just absorb. He just absorb every blow. All right, this is a good time, and I and, and I had this for the beginning of the show, but uh, let me tell this story real quick. Uh, and this is about the costumes. So, you know, we put a lot of thought into this, believe it or not, and uh, come up with uh, a theme for this show. And and for the Ike Live fans, hardcore fans, you remember that last year it was Star Trek. Star Trek. This year, Star Wars. Um, but we really wanted to get everybody into their persona. So we looked at the character. And you're kind of that, the dean, the the older statesman. Philosophical. Philosophical, very politically correct. You're, you're Obi-Wan. <laughs> fell into that. And uh, Brian, of course, being a carpenter. And, uh, <laughs> what the hell's that got to do? I have no idea. Uh, so, you know, when we looked at Dave, the early pick, without a doubt, because... Primarily because of your head size, was Chewbacca, no. and, and and you actually we talked on the phone. And you practiced a little Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Give everybody a Chewbacca real quick. I, I never I never nailed it. You never nailed. it? Do you want to give it an attempt real quick? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that is the one. I can't do that throat thing. It's got to come able to do. Throat. I don't have that. 
Uh, where's our Chewbacca doll? Do we still have it? It's right over there. Oh, Aren't you supposed to send that to We're uh, supposed to send it to Marizo. We yeah. never did. Or one of them. Yeah. Uh, so originally it was Chewbacca. Right. And we got on there and, you know, through the magic of the internet. Dude, the cheapest Chewbacca, decent Chewbacca costume we could find was like three hundred dollars or something. Ridiculous. We're like, yeah. oh, come on, man. That's that's beer money for the show. We yeah, can't yeah, spend yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we're going through and we're like, what else, you know? What else really fits Dave's personality and his character? And there it was, <laughs> a Jabba the Hutt, ah, full-on Jabba the Hutt costume. I'm talking about just big blobulous costume. <laughs> and and we, it, no, no, no. To be fair, it wasn't that it fit Dave. It was that it was hilarious that he sits on the couch. You sit on the couch? And he could have just laid out yeah, across the it, couch and <laughs> the This hut, was basically you know? like a blanket that you got into. It was a blanket sort of costume. It's, it's what Dave does whenever he has a free moment. Lays on that couch. Right. Remote in one hand, eating frogs this out was, of a jar in the other hand. Was, <laughs> I'm out of the way I come here. Busting I work out around. all week long. My self-esteem is high. As soon as I walk in the door, <laughs> I'm catching insults instantly. Like, I don't know why I even come. So uh, so that was a hot one yeah, uh, yes. that you were going to be. And then we realized that we had um, Luke Skywalker with us tonight. And he can't be sitting on your tail and right. shit. You know what I mean? in so, a jar, Brian. That's good, right. man. That's good. Ball some people around. Yeah. Right. All right. So that was the job of the hut. Uh, I, I want to – let's jump into a little technique. This is more Bash University than it is like live, but you guys shot together yep. last week for Bash University, some great new content for BUTV. Uh, and I want to talk – expand on that a little bit, but but tell me, your Adrian, your three – you had three baits that helped you last year. And and you can only – you know, look at your a season as a whole. Pinpoint three baits – that were key to to your season last year in the elites. Yeah, and and one of them was actually something that we went over. The Zika rig. Nico. Oh, Nico. Zika. <laughs> That's a virus you got, bro. Yeah, one one's a Nico rig. It's, it's really messed you up, man. It attacks the brain cells there. Yep. The, the gonorrhea jig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Zika rig. He, he spent like 20 minutes giving the Zika rig demonstration. It was amazing. Do you know that rig is transmitted by mosquitoes? <laughs> <laughs> liquid mayhem will protect you from catching that Zika <laughs> But the thing about it is when you were demonstrating it, yeah. it was somewhat different from what Adrian yeah. did. And and he's got a, you know several years experience using it. Then I watched it, and it, yeah, it was amazing. I watched him catch fish yeah. with it. So the ne- so I learned a lot. Everybody watching, it's the Nico rig, not the Nico, not the Zeke rig. Okay, yeah, and that's that's just a nail weighted worm, you know, yeah. straight tail worm, and you guys use Senkos, or I mean, I use the Berkeley bottom hopper a lot, but that that was one. That's like that's like a confidence booster bait, you know. I mean, if you're struggling, if you need a bite, you need your fifth fish, and it's late in the day, you tie that on, you throw it around, you get bit. You know, it's one yeah. of the, it's just. No matter what time of year, it seems like, um, especially high-pressure situations where a lot of times we're out there fishing, we're fishing around boats. Um, the fish is not always good. That's just a way to catch more fish. But, I mean, I, I crank a lot, a lot, a lot of square bills. I mean, I caught a lot of fish this year on a square bill. And I'd probably say like a bladed jig were probably my top three. Yep, like a chatterbait style. Yeah, chatterbait. Chatterbait style jig. Yep. Yeah. So so two coverage baits and, and kind of a clean-up finesse bait. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, for me... 
it just seems like the elite schedule this year is revolved around shallow water. I mean, I just, I mean, yeah. those are all shallow water baits pretty much. Um, but I mean, I had, I had to say, reflecting back, those were definitely the three that that made a little money this year. Yeah, and th- and they're good baits. I'd, I'd put that in probably my, those three you named would be in my top five from last mm-hmm. year as well. One, one of the, I remember this t- when he was doing the piece for Bashu, um, saying that the the Zika Nico combo was <laughs> it's kind of an in between between uh, the drop shot and the shaky head. You know, yeah. and, and wacky worms too. Yeah, it 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 gets those bites, those same bites yeah. that the drop shot will get, but it's as effective and easy as as uh you know a shaky head is to use, and um yeah that 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 made a lot of sense to me, and I'm kind of upset that nobody told me about it for the last three years. I mean, no no kidding. <laughs> when I told him about this, and that I mean, I'd be interested in talking about it for. For BUTV, he was actually pissed when I was talking about it because all along he's like, I don't know how this went over my head, I don't know why Ike and Ellie didn't tell yeah. me. Yeah, he- <laughs> What's new in fishing, Mike? Oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, Pete, you're still throwing a dance of zeal. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, no. You know what's interesting about that though? And we're gonna talk a little bit about it later. That the the punch shot and the Nico rig in Japan are the two hottest. Mm things going in japan right now right uh, especially on that soft bait side what's the punch shot punch shot we're gonna be uh, talking about that punch shot is a variation of you know pu- what we do here punching but except it's like a two-piece rig where the weight's below the hook and it kind of swings freely really really neat rig but um the nico rig and I, I think i we talked about this on on bu live uh fish on lake biowa and dude literally the boat pressure there is insane right like you gotta imagine like like let's say like the the Greenway Flats on the Potomac, but like a thousand boats. Like that's kind of what it looked like. And dude, all of them like that sea of boats. Not all of them. Ninety five percent of them were Nico rigging. It was the most amazing thing. Like I'd watch and I'd watch it. And dude, a cast would last forever with that Nico rig. The way they were fishing it. They were doing a lot of dragging with it. So they bomb it out there and they would just ding 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 ding. And yeah. just forever, just yeah. ding, 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 ding. And they would never even reel up any slack. They would just kind of drift down with it, you know? Oh, my God. But when they reeled it in and go to throw it in, like, I'm really watching the guys. And, like, 95% of them, I'm like, surely somebody's throwing a drop shot. Surely somebody's throwing a traditional wacky, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, you really start looking and, dude, everybody's Nico rigging. I mean, it's, like, the hottest trend in Japan, yeah. for sure. Wow. Yeah. And there was two times on the FLW side that I got my butt waxed. And it was by a California guy fishing that Nico rig out back of the boat. And like you said, I mean, not power fishing with it, casting it out, and dragging it, almost like a Carolina rig, fishing it that slow. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Now, was he using uh, a soft stick bait, like Senko-style bait, or a thin worm? He was actually worm? using, no, he was using a thin worm, like yeah. a five-inch worm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing I noticed in Japan, which is interesting, because a lot of guys Nico rig here with soft stick baits, mm-hmm. but they were all doing it. With thin style worms, trick worm yeah. style baits yeah. over there, like right. all of them. Nobody was using senkos or soft stick baits over there. Well, it's crazy. Too expensive. It, too expensive. <laughs> probably. There was some I noticed about it when you pitch it out there. You're only putting like you had a 30 second weight in the head, mm-hmm. and it fell. Zoom. Yeah. Because of the way it's rigged and its own light line, it just you would think it would just crawl down to the bottom. No. But it doesn't. It, do- it, it glides. And it falls and erratic. It, erratic, and it does different stuff. How heavy do you think the tail weight is? 332nd is what he it's was throwing. It's little. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, they're using little nail nail inserts or, you know, VMC has a little half moon that we have. And they range anywhere from a 32nd to a 16th to an 8th. Usually about an 8th is the heaviest I've seen the guys put in it. And it'll get down quick. Yeah, 8th is like a rock. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Six-pound test? Yeah, light line. A lot of times braid their floor leader or straight floor. Mm-hmm. Yep, light line. In Japan, it was two and a half pound test. That's yes. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. have zebra muscles. Definitely a lot of zebra muscles. Uh, Adrian, let's. I want to jump to the schedule coming up. So you know, obviously uh, we've all looked at it, and uh, your your thoughts on the schedule. Do you like it? Is there something out of that schedule that you're like, oh shit, that's the one? Is there one that catches your eye? Do you like the season in general? You know, I mean, I, I like the season. I like the fact that we have. I know a lot of guys don't. I know for our boat deals, it's a disaster trying to get a boat. You know, having a couple tournaments yeah. prior to the classic. Yeah. But I like those cold water events. Yeah. And um, I know the Florida one's probably going to be a spawn event. But I like our first one. I like how we're starting out. It's going to be a pre-spawn cold water type deal. It's awesome. And um, me, I mean, my eyes, my eyes just aren't great. You know, I'm not the best sight fisherman, even though I had one of my best events this year sight fishing. But um, I, if one were to stick out, it would have to be Champlain. I mean, just because yeah. I, mean, I have a little bit of history there. You've won there. Yeah, yeah. And and um, there's only been like three tournaments in my entire life that actually was in contention to win, and two of those three were at Champlain. Wow. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. When yeah. when is Champlain for the elites? What time of year? I want to say it's July. Yeah, and that's early July. Yeah, early July. Yeah. Then to June is when I when I won and I had a couple other good events that time of year. But yeah, then it, it ought to be good. It's, it's be fishing. Good. It's fishing better than it has in a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. The neat thing about July is it puts you know July to me is a 50-50 time where it puts Ty and the North in mm-hmm. in contention. You know, it's not going to be one or another. In July, it's both of them are equal opportunity. Right. And that's yeah. going to be great because it's going to spread our field out, yeah. which is what we need. Yeah. You know? And like like Adrian said, the Bass Open, it took 18 and a half pounds crazy. to make the top 12 cut. And yeah. uh, I've never seen it go that high. It was 17 pounds to get a check. Yeah. Uh, it was it was outrageous. Now, were you the only guy in the cut that fished in Ty yeah. in that open? You're yeah. the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And I ran there on a limb. I, ne- I haven't seen Ty in two years. Yeah. And it was at, at the AOI championship. The tournament started a day early because there was some early duck hunting open right. up on the weekend. And uh, I spent four hours of practice up north, and I just ran down south on a limb, and that's where I caught him. But there was probably there was probably only I mean less than ten boats that ran down there this wow. year. Wow. I mean, the weather wasn't. The weather actually was really nice. There's a couple of days running down there. The last day it really kicked up, but I was the only one that, that made the cut. Wow. It's yeah. Good, the the, the lake was low, right. and uh, that changed everything down there. The guys were complaining about how poor Ty was fishing, yep. and uh, I guess I had something to do with the low water. All this rain that we just got on mm-hmm. the Susquehanna, I think, is probably going to fill it up. Yeah. But we'll see what kind of winter we have for you guys. You know, it'll probably be up to normal pool. Yeah. And uh, it should, man, it should, the weights, I can't imagine I, what kind of weights you guys yeah. are going to drag it's, in if it stays the same. It's going to be good. Now, let me ask you this. Fishing the winter leagues around here, has yeah. that helped you? Has that prepared you to fish a lake like Cherokee, which could potentially be water in the 40s, snow and hail, ice, a wintertime bite? Yeah. Fishing the winter leagues of South Jersey, people laugh at me because yeah. I still fish them. And Brian loves fishing Parvin, by the way. Let me just tell everybody that much. <laughs> Never, ever. Uh, <laughs> Starving Parvin. Has fishing those winter leagues helped you become yeah. a better angler? Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. I mean, more so for the aspect that it's just flat-out tough. You know, yeah. I mean, the fishing's not really that good. I mean, on a good day, you're going to get half a dozen bites. 
And I mean, we get excited catching perch. I mean, and pickerel. Miscellaneous. Like, yeah, miscellaneous. I mean, <laughs> that was probably the best thing South Jersey tournaments ever did was bring the miscellaneous. Add the miscellaneous. I mean, because, <laughs> but I mean, it definitely has. You know, I mean, we're fishing with ice in our guides. A lot of times, you have aluminum boats running out before the tournament even starts, breaking up ice. Yeah. So just being able to fish in those really, really cold conditions, fishing around the ice. And um and and in those winter leagues too. I mean, it's like a merry-go-round. Same yeah. type of deal, you know. Heavy I mean, pressure. You got to learn pressure. how to catch them behind people. So, so I think a lot of that. I mean, has definitely helped me. Um, I guess be a better angler in those real tough situations. Yeah. Now I want to I want to change t- topic just a little bit and jump back to the schedule. And I uh, talked to a lot of elite guys, and they all have different opinions. I want to hear your opinion. Is it strange that they're going to start the regular season? Before the Bassmaster Classic, I'm gonna give it to you too, Dave. I want both of you guys answered. As at, from a fan's perspective, is that a weird thing yeah. to have them starting the season I and ne- then have the classic? I never like. I absolutely hate that format, but I never liked the classic being first anyway. I always like the championship to be at the end of the season. Right. I, I like yeah. the way FLW does it. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan of the old format, and definitely don't like the new one. Right. What do you think, I, mean, I, I agree to that. I mean, I'm not one that qualified for it, but how I feel, if I qualify for the Super Bowl of bass fishing, I want to dedicate all my time into qualifying. And after you qualify, put in all your time into homework and the research and to preparing for that event. Right. Now when you throw two events before the Classic, yeah. if you have one or two bad events and you have a wrench into one, all of a sudden your confidence is down. Yeah. You don't have that time that you're, you could be out there pre-practicing. Right. So I feel like, kind of like what you had mentioned, if it's at the end of the year, that's good. Or it should start off as a Bassmasters class. This way here you can prepare for it. Right. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I mean, this is the first time. This is only my second year, so I'm, I'm kind of just yeah. going by all you guys. Yeah, I think it's strange. Yeah. I, I think yeah, it's strange. I, I don't like it. I think it's huh. got to be better that it's the second event than it's the first event for people like you guys coming from the, from the north. Because I watch you half the time you're leaving here to go to the Classic. You haven't even broken in your boat yet. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spending time you know, out on the That's Delaware River or trying to find a place that, that where there's open yeah. water to break your boat in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still have to do that because the season starts earlier this but year. But it's not for the Classic. It's not for the Classic. But That's the, huge. The boat still has to be broken in. Yeah, watch. Well, and you know, it's like halfway through the season, then the boat's part. Yeah. You and, know, I mean, it's the first couple tournaments you're always trying to yeah. work little kinks out. And the other big thing, and, and we talked about this, Pete, is... Um, and it's hurting a lot of the guys that hustle and work during January and February. Adrian, you come out and do a lot of seminars with us and with other guys. Uh, you know, a, a large percentage of pros make a big part of their living doing seminars and shows and promotions. Mm-hmm. You're taking away four weeks of that schedule. That's tough. Isn't that, is that not tough? I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's bad for pro angling. From from a professional angler perspective, boy, you you've pointed out a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of problems there, and I agree. You know, it takes away the weekends, and you got add to that. You know, for us in particular, you know, trying to get guys for Bass University, we got FLW one week. The very next week, we we've got a an, an elite. Yeah. So you try to there, there's three weekends, then you classic. There's, you know, there's another two weekends, yeah. so it's five to six weekends getting wiped out. Yeah. Uh, as far as guys being able to earn earn money as anglers, I, I think what's going on, you know, from a business perspective, um, you know, the 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 bottom line is they've gotten better draws at the classics in the in the winter. 
Right. The 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 fan, more fans show up, more sponsor dollars available. That's all coming in the winter, and uh, and I think that's February was just a dead month. I think it's another chance for them to get fans out, right. make some revenue. I, I, I that's got to be the reason you why look, they're doing you it. At the water though, too. Like if you say if you have it in, like FLW has it, you know, at, at the end of the summer, of yeah. September. Hmm. Every single body of water in the country. It's all is in open. play. Right, and like in ma- February or March, there's a lot less like bodies of water. Imagine a weigh-in at the classic at the Cleveland Browns yeah. Stadium or something like that. You know, like it would be pretty, it'd be pretty cool, yeah. man. Yeah, and by the mm. way, uh, Pete mentioned we're having trouble filling one of our classes. One of them's an Ohio class, and uh, this just in: we've hired Dave Brodzik's going to be doing a Rebel Buzzing Frog seminar <laughs> at the Ohio show this year. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I remember that date. That's a good one. And I wasn't too far off with that whole craze, was I? It gets fish on it. It's like the Whopper Plopper. You were light years ahead of your time. Yeah, light man. years. Yeah. You like to play words? Speaking of Whopper Plopper, what do we got coming up after the break, Mike? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to hit two Let me hit two more things real quick, Bri. Uh, and, and Adrian, I want to corner you a second and talk to you a little bit about um, a kids' tournament that you do. And uh, I've, I've tried to make it out to a few times, never have been able to make it, but... I love that. I mean, this sport we talk all the time about with the Ike Foundation and, and through universities, growing a sport through kids. Talk a little bit about your tournament. And, and, you know, this is like, what, four or five? Yeah, so this was just our fourth annual. And yep. uh, basically it's just a youth fishing event for kids 15 ages and younger. And um, all the proceeds that we get get donated to a local local uh, cl- club, that's organization that's called the Challengers League. And, I mean, it's just a great way to get kids out, you know. And, I mean, I, I just enjoy it. I mean, I had a lot of sponsors kicked in. Berkeley sent me a bunch of stuff. Abu sent me a bunch of stuff. Uh, Tackle Direct, a lot of people kicked in. And um, it's great because when all those sponsors kick in, all those kids go home with something. Yeah. You know, they all catch a lot of fish. I mean, South Island Park, I mean, I I think we had something like 90 kids this year. And yep. they caught over 400 fish. Wow. So that's a lot of fish. And a lot of them are catching the very first one. And it's just... I mean, it, that's that's, awesome. that's the future of our sport. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd use the hashtag all the time. The youth is our future because I mean, it's the truth. And and I mean, I know you get a lot of people on the social media reach out to you, and it's just one way for me to give back. You yeah. know, I mean, it, I definitely hands down owe everything I I, I have and and where I've come uh, to a lot of the local companies in our area to to really jump start my career. And I um, mean, it's just it's just something little you know that yeah. I can do. And I mean, I I love doing it. And next year is going to be the the fifth annual. It's an awesome event. Yeah. It's an awesome event. So if, if we've got people watching that live in South Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and they want to bring their kids to this next year, yeah. where can they go to find info? Yeah, on so it? it's going to be on my website, which is adrianavina.com. Uh, a lot of stuff is posted prior to it, but because of our season and, and, and how busy we get, it's yeah. normally going to be around that first week of October, which a lot of times, you know, we're really flirting with that weather. You just never really know what to expect. Right. But, uh, yeah, just go to my website, adrianv.com, and and, um, and you'll see the information on there. Cool. Okay. And then I've got, Brian DeCarpenter, i got one last thing, and then we'll, we're going to take a short break. Uh, I'm going to actually hold my lifesaver to this one. Pete, do you have yours still? You grab it. Um we're gonna we're gonna and a, and a lot of people watching know you and know your career. Um, they know that you're you're probably you're an amazing saltwater guy. Yeah. You're a captain. You've been guiding out there for years, years yeah. and years. Um, we're not going to let you leave alive from this ship this week, right now, unless you commit to an Ike Live Striper trip this December. 
This December. Yes. Yeah, we can do it. We can make it happen. Oh, God! <laughs> hey, you heard it, Brian! <laughs> that was recorded? That's recorded. Okay, it. so <laughs> you heard it first. Yep. We're going to have an official Ike Live Striper trip coming up, hopefully this December, if the Stripers cooperate. Pete Lusick, you got to be there. I'll be there. Dave? No excuses? Well, I went through the last one. What? No, I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom, a.k.a. Dave the Intern, you have never caught a fish yet. This is going to be your christening <laughs> boat trip. Uh, Princess Leia, can we get you out in the boat for a day? I like to saltwater fish. Okay. <laughs> I will la- take you all down. And the, and the last one we need a commitment for. Bri, can you break away from putting a roof on a house? I'm already there. You're already there. Okay, and there you have it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first annual Ike Live right. Striper Trip coming up in December. Maybe we can broadcast on Facebook. Wow, a Facebook Live. There you go. Okay. Uh, everybody hang in there. When we come back, the one and only James Watson joining us. Hang in there, Ike Live Halloween special. Be right back. <laughs> 